Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It is time to bring the orange once again with a returning guest and one of my favorite people that I get to work with on a daily basis, Mr. Brian Farrar, who owns our Flash Stack Go to Market. Brian, welcome back to the program. It's been too long. Thank you, Rob. I really appreciate it. It is such an honor to be on the Pure Report. Uh, well, you know, it's <laughs> it is something fun that uh, that I get to do that uh, that helps break up the, the the daily monotony that is that is work. And uh, when we had you on last, we were talking about SAP and Sapphire, right. and you know, you've got a lot of background in the SAP landscape. But about a year ago, we flipped you over to FlashStack World. How's that been going for you? You've been having fun with your uh, your buddies over at Cisco. Loving it. it it's um, it, it's very funny. Of course, I worked at Cisco. So the joke we have is that I now do more for Cisco than I did when I actually drew a salary over there. <laughs> yeah, it's a great time. And somehow SAP is still in business, even though I'm not working on it daily. Amazing. Yes. Well, and I know we've been trying to pry that one away from you because you have a lot of affinity for uh, for for SAP as well. Once it gets into your blood, right, it's hard to get it out. Yeah, you have to pry Hana from my cold, dead hands. Say, <laughs> well, there's some, some fun <laughs> things that we're doing there as well, which you know kind of relate yeah. to the flash deck world. So we we could touch Absolutely. on those. But I am super interested in what is going on in flash deck world. We we haven't done a podcast on it. Mm-hmm in quite a while and we just had a great announcement right so i think the reason that we kind of pulled you on here is that uh, a couple of days ago we're recording this on july 22nd but on july 20th we announced an as a service model for um flash stack which dovetails really nicely with what we do with pure as a service um give me the highlights of that absolutely so uh, press release went out as you said tuesday um flash stack as a service is the latest uh part in the overall PaaS portfolio, the most mature storage as a service portfolio in the industry over two plus years. And uh, we announced both Flash Deck as a service. And also we announced some new flexible consumption uh, uh, options with um, Portworks as well, which is very exciting. On the Flash Deck as a service side, this really is part of the overall next generation of Flash Deck. FlashTech was re-engineered, codenamed the X-Series, uh, and it was just an, the new version was just announced, the new architecture last month. And it was engineered from the ground up with the idea that it would be able to enable an as-a-service model, which is clearly where a lot of the industry is moving right now. So it's, as best I can tell, the first arch- architected full-stack platform that was designed from ground up with the vision of an as-a-service offer. And that's what we announced on Tuesday, the as-a-service availability for FlashTech. Yeah, it's a great extension of what's already and always been a great partnership with uh, with our friends at Cisco, you know, leveraging the the power of Cisco UCS and of course, you know, their networking, which they're they're most mm. known for, um, along with, you know, any choice of our arrays that you want to get in there into something that is, you know, finely tuned and, and engineered. I really always emphasize when I'm talking about flash hack with people that it's not just a, you know, reference architecture. And we kind of pointed at some things and said, yeah, we think these will work really well together. There, there's actually a lot of engineering work and our good friend, Craig Waters and many others, of course, mm-hmm. um, who go and do that work and, and result in, uh, even things like Cisco validated designs 
where we've got uh, what's the count now? Are we up to twenty six of those validated designs. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. I am behind the curve. What am I we're, doing? We're going to get to thirty uh, shortly. No, and the Cisco validated design is, as you said, it's a real indicator of how tight our, our engineering cooperation is. Um, and uh, in a previous life, my engineers used to complain about how difficult it is to get to green lights, their term for getting the new application environment deployed and up and running so that you can actually do work. And that's the whole point of the Cisco Validated Design. It gets you to green lights without headache, without risk, with a certain level of assurance that things are going to run smoothly if you follow the architecture and design. Yeah, it's kind of uh, our friend Andrew Miller has another good narrative where he goes through kind of the day zero, day one, day two challenges, right? For the folks that are, you know, IT practitioners, they they tend to speak or understand in those languages. I mean, there's certain things that you have to do at day zero and day one, and and FlashStack, you know, as a as a standalone, as an on-prem offering has always done those things. And now, uh, you know, we've evolved to where the industry is and where it's going. And, and I think, you know, you and I discussed this a number of months back that this really is, you know, with the new as a service capabilities and how, how the platform has been redesigned and the centralized management, um, we liken this to kind of an on-ramp for, for hybrid cloud, right? I mean, there is that holistic, you know, full stack management. We're, we're tackling head on the challenges that, uh, that, that enterprises are facing right now. Oh, yeah, you bet. And, and that is, you know, we talk about the challenges and the trends that companies are facing and they're, they're familiar to all of us. You know, everybody's moving to um, a cloud model, many people moving to a managed service environment, moving more and more hyperscalers. Digital transformation is driving that. But don't for a think, minute think that is simple. And that just happens. With FlashDeck, it looks simple. And that perhaps is the beauty of the engineering is how simple we make it look. You can administer your entire environment, whether it's on-prem or in the cloud from that single full stack management interface. And the beauty of this announcement we just made, FlashTech as a service, is that now you can manage both the economics of running your infrastructure from the same holistic interface that you run managing the operations of your infrastructure. So just think about what that means in terms of the convenience and the simplicity, and more importantly, the time it frees up for your IT folks. Um, and, and, and we've said this since the beginning of the industry. IT is an expensive asset. It's a capital asset in the old days. And most companies, unless you're an MSP or one of these hyperscalers, you're not in the business of selling, uh, of managing IT for a living. So for most companies, managing IT is a sideline and, and they end up taking a lot of their resources away from actually managing the business, growing their share, improving their line, uh, their position competitively against uh, their competitors. So yeah, this, uh, this movement to an as a service solution, uh, movement to the hybrid cloud, these things are all tightly linked in my opinion. And, and yeah, for that reason, I don't ever want to push the platform separately. They, yeah, they go no, together. They do. They do. And I think we will always speak now in terms of, of the as, as a service model when we're talking flash tech. Of course, we will certainly go in and help people if they want to, you know, deploy on-prem and, and purchase and depreciate over time. That's does not change with this announcement. No. But 
why not explore an OPEX model? Why not, you know, better align actual cost to usage, um, which all comes down to risk, right? I mean, a lot of times we mm-hmm. throw OPEX around as a term and go, oh, well, you can get OPEX, but that, that doesn't really talk to the problem, which is all the big R word, right? It's a four letter word, which is risk, which is, well, you know, we've gotten to a certain point in the, in the fiscal year, the quarter, and we don't have enough, or yeah. we didn't use our resources correctly. We overpurchased. We, we bought too much. Why not move to something where, you know, where you're actually just spending in an OPEX fashion for what you use? Um, I guess I asked you the question and you mentioned it a little bit. How important is it that Pure has such maturity in this level? I mean, Pure as a service has been something that's, the, and it's true, right? It's not a, it's not a lease or some marketing. kind of financial marketing or whatever. It's like a legit model. How important was that? And how much easier did that make it for you to, for, for you and the team to release this? Oh, tremendously easier. First of all, we're not, we're not talking about something no one has seen before, something net new. We have a channel and a sales force that is very experienced with PaaS. We have a lot of PaaS customers out there that we're learning from. And uh, so we have this history of growth and experience that allows us to deliver and administer these environments, uh, perhaps with more experience and more expertise than our competitors. Um, there, uh, there's some IDC data out there, in fact, um, that says that uh, almost, uh, quote it correctly, three quarters of organizations will at least experiment with one or more IT utility solutions this year. This year. We're not talking 10-year horizon. We're talking right now. So if that's if everybody's out there experimenting, clearly this is a trend we've got to move to, and um, and I think we're uh, we're well positioned. Um, we're seeing double-digit paths growth. It's increasingly part an important part of uh, you know our own uh, profitability, and I think that trend is going to continue across the industry. Yeah, so the story is is an economic story, but I don't want to lose sight of what we do really well with with you know with this stack. So what are those what are those key use cases or entry points or applications? Like where where have we historically shined? And of course, with an Ava service model, where do we expect that to continue to play? Like what are the top three or four that you see out there? Well, um, certainly. Uh... Um, the, the top, uh, there, there's a character step back for a second, say there's some characteristics of, uh, use cases that really lend themselves to an as a service model. And those are the use cases, um, that have spiky or seasonal usage where you have to be incredibly flexible to meet your SLAs and where you have to use the R word risk mm-hmm. that you are either not going to have enough capacity to meet those SLAs successfully or even worse, you're going to spend money on capacity you don't need. And so bringing us back now to the use cases, what are those kind of applications or use cases that have those characteristics? Certainly any of the OLTP type applications, any of the ERP apps, um, things like SAP, for example, uh, in in the verticals, things like Epic in healthcare, where they're collecting a lot of patient information um, and sharing that. Um, uh, another big one for us is going to be in the analytics space. That clearly is a place where FlashStack plays and where customers want to have the capacity and the operational elasticity 
to do analytics wherever it needs to be done, either in the data center, on the edge, or in between. Um, and I think uh, we're, we're also looking at um, uh, important, uh, important digital transformation type workloads. If you're trying to, for the first time, establish a new architecture, and you want to be able to manage data easily across, uh, across the entire landscape, this is where FlashDAC shines. And so the same use cases that we've sold with FlashDAC in the past, lots of SQL, lots of SAP, lots of healthcare in Epic, lots of OLTP, lots of um, analytics. These things continue to be opportunities for FlashDAC as a service. Anywhere where scalability and elasticity is a critical requirement. Yeah, and one of the new areas that we're we're starting to dig into a little bit, and we just we just made some recent announcements and put put some content out is around around data protection too, right? It is it is interesting that you know this this unified stack approach and now think about you know doing managing and maintaining a, a rapid recovery environment with ransomware protection, now doing it in an as a service model with a full stack that you know, that, that gets you to your backup or recovery. And we specifically, I, you know, you did some things with Veeam lately that were really exciting too. We may as well cover them here because I got you on the pure Yeah, Veeam, Veeam's an important partner. I mean, they're a leader in Gartner's Magic Quadrant. Um, they are a segment maker. Uh, they um, do best in class backup and recovery. And in as the world faces an epidemic of ransomware, over and over and above the uh, the COVID, uh, we're seeing uh, things like solutions like Beam become not nice to have, but must have. If you're not protecting your data, you're doing a disservice to your stakeholders, frankly. And so, with FlashDAC, we take advantage of not only all the data replication and smart mode snapshots that come along with Pure and FlashDAC. We also take advantage of uh, data protection from partners like Veeam. And then because it's FlashDAC and it's developed with Cisco, we get to leverage the entire Cisco portfolio, which is some best of breed cybersecurity solutions. And many of those are now built right into Intersight itself, which is the management interface for FlashDAC, um, which is really cool. Talk about that a little bit more, because I think that's one of the key highlights, and that's one of the things kind of fleshed out in, in the press release and some of the other mm -hmm. content, just about how big a deal of that, right? I, I think a lot of organizations, and we're getting a little into the weeds, but a lot of them over time have adopted and, and kind of created technical debt by the adoption of different management tools, right? Everybody has a management tool. Here's my tool. Here's their tool. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to take on more tools. And so now you're coming yeah. into uh, an organization and, and let's just be really clear um, because this is an economic story and not an infrastructure story, a large company or small company can benefit from this but what is something like Intersight? And again, our, our good friend Craig Waters has done a lot of the heavy lifting, you know, in, in mm -hmm. our FlashDAC, uh, you know, director of engineering. I'll probably mess his title up, but I've had him on the podcast a few times. You know, kudos to him, but it's really exciting to be able to go in and go, look, here's, here's one tool that you can see top to bottom. I don't want to steal your thunder, but tell me about the Intersight integration a little bit more. No, it, it's really cool. You know, I started this 360 for me, 360 degree. I started my career in network and systems management. In fact, I worked for AT&T for a while. 
And back in the day, you'd go into a network management facility and there'd be a wall of screens that looked like NASA. Yeah. Sad to say, you'd have thought, I mean, I'm an old dude at this point, you'd have thought that would have been resolved by now. But in fact, it is not. People are still dealing with this plethora of management tools, often point solution management tools, and trying to keep everything up and running when you're when you're tweaking different things with different tools is a really difficult process. Intersight eliminates a lot of that complexity by being jokingly for our, uh, our, um, I was going to say Star Wars, but um, it's it's Lord of the Rings fans. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. One, one, the one, one to rule them all. Is that where you're going? That's where I'm going. One ring yeah, yeah. to rule them all. There you go. Yeah. My, my sci-fi, uh, I'm going to get skewered now in the notes for not, not being clearer on my sci-fi. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's the beauty of Intersight. It's got a robust set of APIs and it takes the key alerts from, in our case, Pure One. So it's going to report on the operational aspects, capacity usages and so forth on the storage layer. It does the same thing for the compute and the network layer. And it also builds in application layer support and monitoring with uh, AppDynamics, a best-in-class application monitoring tool. And you put all of these together, and now they put an AI wrapper over and above it so that the tool is smart enough to understand the relationships between the different layers and also discreetly provision more or less capacity on a layer by layer uh, uh, standpoint so that you're never, you're never forklift upgrading, even yep. within the platform. If you need a little more storage, great. Just Intersight can just give you more capacity there. If you need more compute capacity, no problem. Intersight will ramp it up there. And because it's AI based and constantly managing usage against your flash deck as a service, contract where you set your reserve capacity limits, for example, it's taking all of that management monitoring load off of the IT administrator and freeing him up to do more. And, uh, and you know, that's where these tools are going. It, uh, it, it sounds like something I would want in my, uh, in my enterprise, although I'm biased, right. You know, this does sit, sit with you and, and on my team, but I love that kind of story. And you alluded to it as well as the, you know, the future proof nature. I mean, it's not just in platform where it can free up more storage or more compute cycles, but we've also still got evergreen, right. That applies to this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah. the ability to, to upgrade non-disruptively the, the storage and Cisco has what they do on their side as well. Well, so that you, just, do you don't have, yep, you don't have to take a downtime and, and you just, you know, you just keep rolling. So what's the, what's the message then? What's the takeaway if, if somebody is in IT leader, right? I'm at the C-level or VP IT and, you know, ultimately a lot of those folks, they don't really want to think about hardware. They don't want to think about storage. It's kind of an afterthought. It's more of an operational. What's, what's the, what's the elevator talk to them or what would you talk about? I think, I think the pitch to them or the elevator pitch um, is essentially that you can now uh, put to bed the discussions about the complexity of IT and put to bed discussions about the esoteric nature of one architecture versus another, you know, are you converged infrastructure or hyper-converged infrastructure, and instead focus on, in a sense, the last infrastructure you need to buy. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that it's permanent. I'm saying that it's upgradable and it's upgradable because it's all software defined. So the key message is you can modernize your infrastructure in a way that also reduces cost and complexity. And so that's kind of like having your cake and, and eating it too. One infrastructure, one solution, run all your apps, manage all your environments, and more, and just as importantly, rather, also uh, be able to do the same with the economic provisioning of that infrastructure. It now becomes another utility like electricity, like water, um, like heat. You um, turn on infrastructure in your data center, in your cloud, and it's there and it's to some extent self-running software defined, um, robust six nines, uh, really does allow those C-level folks to put infrastructure concerns and discussions to bed and focus instead on how do they, how do they improve the business. Yeah, yeah, aligning better costs to strategic initiatives and I don't know, helping IT evolve to more of a, a strategic asset, if you will, without having to worry yeah, about- you know, IT is seated at the table that they've always coveted, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I've had other conversations with, I forget the analyst that I had on here, but you know, his, his big beef was always, uh, you know, if, if business leaders better understood it, then the company would have more success. And then we flipped it on its head and said, also, if it looked more at what business wanted to do, yeah. You know, so there's, there's a happy meeting ground in the middle and something like this flash stack of service solution um, kind of neutralizes that, right? It, it really negates a lot of those classic things that you have to go and talk about and argue about, well, we can't get that project off the ground because it's too complex or it's going to take too long. Here, you've got time to market. You've got something that's simple, but you also can align costs to the different initiatives much better than if you just have a bunch of point products that you're just tossing in a data center, right? And again, oh, yeah. Yeah, we've already demonstrated the versatility of, of what the platform can do. I mean, with all those CVDs and all the different workloads that you mentioned, the databases and then with VMware, and now there's plays for AI and with data protection. And we're, we're touching just about everything there, along with the, the on-ramp and the ability that these things connect into hybrid cloud. It's really a, a holistic, and as you say, right, the, the, the last platform you need to uh, invest in and, and then worry about. Uh, it's, it's a good thing. It's great. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm thinking about, uh, how in a sense it also, there's no place to hide anymore. Yeah. Uh, you will have, you have clear visibility and how much your it is costing you for any given project. So yeah, it allows capacity for dev apps to jump into the cloud, do their work, but you will know exactly how much capacity and infrastructure they are consuming and what you need to apply to, to, uh, to that P and L. And uh, so the control that this, the financial as well as technology control that this gives C-level, uh, the C-suite is just amazing. It, it is a, next, a new level of control when you also bundle economics and functionality together in a, in a single package. Awesome. Well, I, I think that seems like a good jumping off point because you really summarized it really there, well there. Um, for, for anybody that may want to engage, how or where should they engage, you know, with pure or with our partners, 
um, relative to this? Because I know you've been working with, you know, the various regions and, and getting them up to speed. And, you know, we've got some great partners that are out there that can uh, that can help drive this. But but uh, as we're heading out, give folks a little bit of guidance around that. Sure. Um, there is a set uh, a set number of uh, first out partners we're going to market with. Um, they have partners in every region of the world, big ones like CDW, NTT, as well as uh, smaller regional partners. I would encourage people to engage with their flash deck specialists or even their PaaS specialists. Uh, we have flash deck as a service specialist now in the PaaS team. Um, so certainly engage with them. Um, Cisco is also going to be all over this. They are committing the whole company to an as-a-service model going forward. So this is strategic to them. Please bring your Cisco counterparts in. And if you have questions about um, who to talk to or where to go, contact somebody on the FlashTech team like myself, and um, we'll help uh, connect you to the right people. Um, we've just awesome. enabled and trained our channel partners, and we've identified the PAMs who will be supporting those partners so I can hook folks up with the right person if necessary. Perfect. Well, thank you for sharing that because I want to make sure if people are really interested in checking this out, that not only can they go connect, you know, with information, which, you know, the place to go is always www.flashstack.com, uh, fresh and shiny with all the updates that you and the team put through, as well as um, some new things that, that reflect Flashstack as a service, but all the goodness that's uh, that's always been there um, about that partnership and about what we can achieve, but also great to know how and where within the regions that, that uh, if, if this seems appealing to you or you just want to talk a little bit more in detail um, that the, you know, that the pure folks, the Cisco folks, as well as those uh, selected partners who are ready, able and willing to talk to you are out there. Well, hey, Brian, it was absolutely a blast. We should do this more and more often because it's always such an easy conversation with you. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't shut up, I guess, is a nice way of saying that, but um, uh, it's certainly appreciated it. <laughs> We are both talkers, my friend. We are both good talkers, and, uh, and that's what makes for good pod. So I've loved having you on. Cool. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. No, anytime, anytime. And uh, I hope you out there listening to this episode enjoyed hearing all about FlashDAC and FlashDAC as a service and getting up to speed about our partnership with Cisco and how that can benefit you and your enterprise or government entity or whatever you have that you are running, large or small, we think this is something that can be a real game changer for you. So please check it out. And thank you for listening to this episode. Keep sharing the Pure Report with friends, with colleagues and co-workers, and we'll keep having great guests like Brian Farrar come on to the show. And with that, we'll wrap for Pure Storage and Brian Farrar. This is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you.